very happy birthday to Tina Mensa. Tina Mensa GTP. 50th birthday tomorrow. God bless you. Plenty, 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 plenty. Happy birthday to you. And this is from Mohina Yuri Gifty Auntie. Joa West Hills Mall, you tuned in. Tony Auvi tuned in from North Kanishi. SK Diriguba, East Lego. Thanks for tuning in. Kwame Paper Bags from Afghanistan City. From Akuse and Koko, Akuase and Koko, Mr. Bright Faculty. Hello, Nana. This is Nana Equia Crunchy Sampa. Tuned in. Thank you, Patrick, listening from the USA. This is the roll call list. But we start the way we start. It's amazing. I meet people at funerals. I meet them at gatherings. So, Nana, the lion thing. Sometimes you just have to go into it and say it for them. So let's go, folks. Until the lions have their own historians, the tales of hunting would always glorify the hunter. And we'll say that again. Tuned in, tuned in. Thank you very much. But as I said, until the lions have their own historians, the tales of hunting would always glorify the hunter. Hello and welcome to the most opinionated hour on radio and the nation's thought-provoking hour. I am Nana Ansakwao the Fourth, Chief of the Little Republic of Akwemu Edumasa. For those of you who don't know where Akwemu is, if you know where the Akusumbu Dam is, where the Adomi Bridge is, well, you're pretty much in Akwemu. (music) 
Vox is a Monday again, and here we are to perform this beautiful ritual, this patriotic ritual. Once a week, we get opportunity to pick a topic, deliberate on it, and be honest about it. We speak to it from the honest part of our conscience. Whether we agree or don't disagree is what we truly believe and not what somebody says we should. And that's a very refreshing and enjoyable moment. And as you know, folks, you all know that my degree of economics is from the Little Republic of Edumasa. So sometimes I venture into these areas. In short, folks, every now and then I punch above my weight and uh, the law allows me to. Folks, the 2020 budget has been delivered. It's done with the usual eloquence, verses from Philippians and the grace of Almighty God. It has been delivered. On paper, folks, we should all be okay. Most of the I's are dotted. Most of the T's have been crossed. Inflation is heading the right direction. Economy is growing. And so you ask, why are we complaining? On paper, we should be fine. We should be the envy of many nations. But why are we complaining? But folks, the accounts will say agro nefo. The accounts will say agro nefo. So after all the deliberations on paper and everything, when you get your wages at the end of the month, how far does it take you? And I think for most of us, that's the economy. There's so many jargons that we just don't understand. I mean, there are people in the hinterlands who think, oh, in Kraifone, on budget, you know. The people in Accra are reading their budget. They don't even know that the budget is for, for everybody. To them, it's for some bunch of eloquent people who speak, you know, language in which they don't even understand. And they're reading their budget. Folks, from Edumasa, today I'm thinking aloud, so you need to bear with me. From Edumasa. Now, I am seeing a lot of financial technicalities and technical jargons financially in the budget. What I am missing out is the economic welfare and long-term planning of our people. I don't see that highlight. So, I see a lot of finance in the budget, but I don't see economy and the budget mm-hmm. economics or budget no. I see a lot of finance and I think with us on the day to day basis is the economics that runs out and not necessarily the finance bit and so there's taxing taxing, pay this, pay that but the economics bit is not coming and I'll explain it as I go along folks you see the finance minister trying to play God. And it's good. I'm not saying in a bad way. He's got a small amount of money. He's got 30 million people dotted in 16 regions. And everybody must get a bit of this money. And so as they say in Akan, sop it, sop it, sop it, sop it, sop it, sop it. If you need 20 kilometers of road, make do with three for now. If you need four bridges, make do with one bridge for now. If you need ten doctors, 
hang on with two. If you need 20 beds, hold on to five. If you need five ambulances, hang on to one. And so it's just piecemeal by piecemeal to deliver it. Through no fault of his, that's all he's got. And so they deliver it. And year in, year out, year in, year out, they do that. After it's done, whichever finance minister delivered the budget, whichever party he comes from, will come and tell us that apart from the Quran, the Bible, and sliced bread, there is nothing better than the budget they have delivered. Those who are on the opposing side will come and tell us something diametrically opposed, that they have never had anything so rubbish in their life. And then the argument will go on. We could have done it this way. We could have done it that way. We could have done it this way. We could have done it that And then the argument just goes on. But folks, the truth of the matter is that there is not enough to go around. Simple truth. There isn't enough in the pot to go around. Now, my argument is, I don't see anything in trying to manage it to make sure that it goes wrong. Now, I've said this sin a thousand times and many times and raised it so many times. But I thought this budget has now brought this issue to bear. Folks, we live in a country with a policy of free. We give free this and free that. We give free this and free that. There's absolutely no responsibility on the people who are receiving the free. Theirs is just to receive it. Look at the population demography. Bulging in the middle with young, a consumption population. Huge. We're not talking about it or tackling it. There's just too few people carrying a huge chunk of this population along. And there's nothing being done to slow it down. But I must say, hand on my heart, that, you know, the free SHS will probably be a major, major godsend for us. Why? Because, you know, you have a three-year more, uh, three more years to stay in school. So there are many, many girls who would have been at home and gotten pregnant who are now not going to get pregnant, but they're going to be in school. So at least we have a three-year more stint to slow that down. That would go and help us a great deal. But I am saying that we should have gone even further because there's a great deal of childbearing human beings who are not in the free SHS system, who can't be left alone. Because, folks, when people come into this world, people arrive in Ghana, they need water to drink. They need roads to drive on. They need a roof over their heads. They need hospitals when they are ill. They need cars to travel in. Folks, all these things, whether you like it or not, should be provided. Yet, the population is a consumption one. So, they are not putting anything back into the economy. All they are doing is sucking out, sucking out, sucking out. 
private sector, so much can grow. And so government then becomes the biggest employer. And then you ask, after 650,000 people, not even excluding the NAPCO 120,000, how many more can you employ? How many more can government employ? Yes, the economy is growing. And sometimes I wish they would be sincere to tell us that this growth, maybe 6.5, is not yours. This is capital that has come in from somewhere. They've come to invest. They reap their profit and take it back. And sometimes, or maybe five years or ten years or a period of time, they're not even taxed. They don't even pay tax because in order for them to bring their capital in, you need to coax them and give them tax-free and they come. I mean, if you were to look on the ground and ask yourself, this growth, 8.5%, how much is the real growth for Ghana? not some mining company that's brought his money from somewhere and is reaping his gold and sending it away and we are counting as part of our growth. How much of that growth is here? Growing at 850,000, folks, you need to create realistically, realistically between 600 and 700,000 jobs a year. If you're growing at about 850,000 a year, Knock out 150,000 that will check out. You must create about 600,000 jobs a year minimum. If you're going to look at solving any of these problems. Now let us ask ourselves. Every time we hear people jumping, we don't have jobs. Government must create jobs. Government must create jobs. And sometimes I want somebody to pause and say, which jobs are you talking about? Which jobs are we skilled and equipped to do? So then it comes back to the schooling. Folks, if you were to look at other jurisdictions, if you look at how much money they spent, 24000 per term, 30000 per term, $10,000 per term per student, and then you come back, and look at us and ask ourselves the amount of money we are putting in are we going to be at the end generate students who will be able to compete on the world stage unless of course yes if you uh, can afford the Martin de Porises and you can afford the uh, you know morning stars and stuff like that then yes then yes you can produce students who will be able to face it on the world stage but if you land in the cluster of schools and you come out, you're basically like a Russian roulette as to whether you make it or not. And those are the realities. This drop and go, drop and go. How much are we spending per patient on these NHIs compared to others? Now, it's not because that the state doesn't want to spend but it's because there are not people enough contributing to the pot. There are a few who could contribute but have missed the net. But there are a great deal who genuinely have nothing to put in the pot. I mean, they need things out of the pot, so you can't even go there. 
So now we need to build capital. Now that's where I think the vicious circle is. We need to build capital. How do we build capital when the influx of people are so much? And they are so much on the have-nots. And so they become a double burden to the point where even the place where they would have to ease themselves have to be supplied by state because they are too poor to even build their own toilets. And so folks, I'm not seeing the economics in the budget. Something which we know that, you know something, this is going to ease this problem in the next 10 years or next 20 years. I am not seeing it highlighted. And so what we then do, everybody does is, you know what? I'll go and get a loan. Everybody brings their problem. And then drop by drop, drop by drop, drop by drop, appease people. Then what then happens is the loan will mature and we have to pay. So then you quickly scan around this God-blessed country, find some resource somewhere and say, you know what? You can take this thing for a pittance. So we clear the loan. Every now and then you go into IMF, get a bit of loan, get yourself locked out and then you come back again and then we start all over again. Cultural practices, religious practices and we have locked ourselves in one man one vote four year cycle and therefore you can't make any policies for long term but I am saying that we should look at what we have in our pot look at what we need so that you set what I call a trap set traps we've discovered bauxite in Chibi It's going to be mine for the next 12 years. So we can say that we need 500,000, 2,000, 10,000 people to come and become bauxite experts and the state will pay for it. So that by the time we start mining, we have bauxite experts there. They are doing railway from Tema to Mpakadine. Mpakadine is Akwamu. And so we need people who know the ins and outs of railways. Whatever it is, railway health, railway engineering, rail maintenance, whatever it is to do about trains and its rails and its management. Let there be a course and let there be some scholarship. And let's say we need 500, 1,000, 10,000 people to work on it. Channel them there. You see, I'm thinking those things are the economics. Usuma Fidia, you said a trap. It can, you can't put a gun to somebody's head. But you coerce people. Now listen, if you're going to do this thing, I will pay for it. And maybe give you something. Maybe I'll even give you pocket money for studying the course. And drive people there. So that by the time this railway will be ready, there will be people who know how to do it. By the time Bauxite will be ready, there will be people who will be fully equipped. Otherwise, what will happen is the Bauxite will be ready. And even the Bauxite gate man would have to come from Guangzhou because we are not equipped in opening a bauxite gate. Some small technology. Yet, we will sign all the paperwork that says that. Local content. And then you find out the local content is just the lady who can make kenke, 
the guy who has the red and the green flag who stops the tracks and one who's the red to stop and green to go, that will be our local content. But in terms of mixing, weighing, knowing how much bauxite there is in a ton of debt or whatever it is, we have no clue. So I believe that in reading a budget, we should study the terrain. We should study the terrain. Look at the areas where opportunities are. Plant money there and direct people there. But above all, we should all sit down and ask ourselves, can we manage 850,000 new births every year? Can we manage 850,000 new births every year? If yes, how? Because they are all entitled to good schools. They are all entitled to good health care, a good road, clean water, sanitation. They are entitled to it. <clears throat> Can we afford it? And don't tell us that the economy is growing by 8.5. Because in your audience, you, you don't, I've said this in several times, don't look at somebody's corn and grow teeth. You don't walk past somebody's corn farm. You see the corn, you know, so mature and fresh. And then you go home and start growing things, thinking that you are the one going to chew the corn. No. Most of that corn is not for us. So the finance side of things, I can't argue too much. But where are the traps being set? Look. Hats up to free education. Everybody should have some form of education. But after free education, then what? I spoke to one professor in the university. I said that the last semester they took in like 18,000 new students. He's got like 500 in a class. 500 students in one class. 500. It says, now, now I have to be like Bobokala when I'm teaching just to get the attention of these people. This is too many. And so I'm there like a caricature, just try I can get the attention. With the new influx coming, obviously it's going to be more. So folks, I am just saying that the economic parts of this budget, I am not feeling it. But then again, my degree is only from Edumasa. I'm sure out there, uh, there are many of you who have a proper degree. And you can come and help us. Accra is choked. Unplanned. Full of traffic. Are we going to stay here? Or are we going to even move half of it? Maybe the administration part to move out. To ease traffic a bit. To ease, spread out. So what is now happening is everybody's running from the rural areas into the urban areas, right? They get to the urban areas and it's choked. There's nothing to be done. However, because they've left the rural areas, there isn't enough in the rural area for them to take any development there. So we are, we are stuck in the middle. Accra is choked. Kumasi is choked. And when you come to Adumasa, there's not enough of you to bring any factory there anyway. And so then you have to run back to Accra. And we are stuck. Urbanizing at an alarming rate. Urbanizing at an alarming rate. So I'm saying, in reading a budget, can you look at the urbanization problem and, and, and put a plug somewhere to send people back? 
I am not feeling that side of it. And above all, can we manage 850,000 new births? How many schools will the budget allow to build to meet all those needs? Today I was thinking aloud. But before you talk to me, I just want to find out if you are over 40 years and above. If you're over 40 years and above, you have to clean your ears and listen to me. Have you ever experienced any of these symptoms in your body recently? Frequent urination, especially at night. Pain in the lower back or in the area between your anus and your testicles. Discomfort or pain during after ejaculation. A burning pain during urination. Incomplete emptying of the bladder. Dribbling and weak stream during urination. Then prostate 60 is your solution. Prostate 60 is a 100% natural herbal drug uniquely formulated to produce and produced from pure herbal extract. Prostate 60 helps the body improve urine flow naturally and also an immune booster. Prostate 60 is available in pharmacies all over the counter medicine and herbal shops. Prostate 60 is approved by FDA and it's not suitable for pregnant women, lactating mothers and children below 12 years of age. For bulk pages, please contact Phytotech Limited on 020-99-77733 or 0246-490-116. Prostate 60. Breakthrough in Prostate Health Management. Prostate cancer is what killed my dad, I'm telling you. Get one. Just pop a pill a day. Get your peace of mind. The number is 0302216541. I am saying there's not a lot of economics in the budgets. There's not a lot of highlighted economics in the budget, but you can tell me. 0302216541. Good evening. Yes, Nana, you've made a lot of a lot of sense. Trust me, I was I was just nodding in my room. Mm. Uh, you just took all the wind out of myself. In fact, looking at the issue of Ghana, we have a lot of work to do, especially with the with the with the points you raise about. The, the problems we are facing in the urban urban areas, mm-hmm. such as Accra, Kumasi, Takradi, Kekos, and all these areas. There is a mass movement of the youth when they finish school and they are frustrated within the villages or in their rural towns. They thought that the jobs are available in the cities that when they just come, they can just hold on to. This is not the case. And some of them move in here and they are frustrated. But they find it very difficult going back to their where they are coming from because when they go there is no hope what is what are the leaders doing 
Hmm. What are what are our political leaders doing? Our policy makers, what kind of policies are they putting in place so that the the rural areas become attractive to the youth? Because if these uh, uh, rural areas are kept in the way that will attract the youth back there, get something doing, they can make a living and they are happy. What am I going to look for in Accra? Hmm. Or what am I going to look come, what am I coming to Kumasi for? In fact, our policy makers need to wake up. Look at the issue of Rwanda. Sometimes I I just don't get it. Hmm. Who is, is, is waking up to the issues of Ghana? There are real issues behind the door. There are real issues that we have to tackle to, to ensure that this country is brought to where it's supposed to be. Trust me, Nana, Ghana is not supposed to be in this state, even this by this time. Thank you very much. But I have Quay on the line. Hello, Quay. Hello, Nana. Good evening, Nana. Good evening. Nana, I'm very grateful for this opportunity. But, mm. Nana, what you've put upon yourself just to help develop the nation, I really ask for God's blessing upon your life. Yeah. You should be blessed and blessed and blessed by God in the name of the Father. Amen. He bless you too. All right, Nana. Nana, all these problems that we are facing, there is only one thing, and that is life. <laughs> it is life that is killing our leaders. You know exactly that this my my opponent is trying as much as possible to develop the country by you sabotage the person using lies, because if you use lies, the people will follow you. Definitely, we know that much. Most of the people really like life, and you will be able to win them. And when you win them, you come and you, you, you what you put across, you know, uh, uh, it's like you, you come to destroy everything. Until we decide not to go with the lies, we will continue to face this problem. So let us get rid of life and everything shall go well for us as a nation. Thank you very much. I have Stephen on the line. Hello, Stephen. Yeah, hello, Nana. Yes, sir. Yeah, Nana. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a lot of thought-provoking views you brought up. Mm. And um, my my concern is with, you know, uh, not seeing the economy in the budget. You know, I believe sincerely that, you know, this has to happen consistently over time. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. building building this up, having to build up these indicators took a while, but it's not enough. Just within three years. And we will need to do this consistently over a very long time. You see, because I get a little worried when people make reference to Rwanda. But they forget something. That consistency is what makes Rwanda what they are today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kagame has been close in power almost for 25 years. People tend to forget that. And that is how it is we get swayed. What are we doing to our country? Who is has, who develops the country better? Should we leave the country in the hands of the party that continues to control the country better and drive the country towards the right direction? Because if we do four years, we let these guys go good. Next one come. Next one come, come. Four years, go. Next one comes. We're not going to get anywhere. 
we need consistency. Mm-hmm. If he's done it for 25 years, we shouldn't expect to see it in four years. It can happen. And it is time we sit up and get to know that this thing that we are proud of, the little gains that we have chalked, we need to do it consistently over time. I, I think I think you said the magic word, consistency. Uh, it's a magic word, the consistency. But at least, you know, is there any plan that we have seen that we want to do consistent, you know? But Derek is on the line. Hello, Derek. Hello, sir. Yes, Mama. Yes, boss. Your boy. Mm. I greet you, sir. I greet you back, Derek. Yes, Your Majesty. Mm-hmm. The issue at stake is a bit more dicey issue. It's looking like we've lost it all. Like Africans or the black man is refusing to think. Because the way I understand the whole thing is, there should be a governmental agenda that is where we are going. Like the man said, consistency is what is that we need. If this party A comes to power, and we are tackling, say, education at Greek and F, and we exhaust the four years or eight years term, and then somebody again assumes responsibility, and he also takes on maybe uh, other settings. I should be able to move on. But the whole thing is, the, we spread the whole thing, and we, 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 we tackle this little, 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 and then we've been going that. Uh, it's like in this land. What are we going to get to that dial? It's about time we sit up and set a goal for ourselves that this is the direction we are going. We have everything here. But it's planning. That was Derek. Thank you very much. I'm going all the way to USA, and Kwabna is there. Ojam. Hello, Nana. How are you doing, sir? I'm very well, Kwabna. Let me hear you. Hello. Um, Nana, I disagree with the previous caller who said uh, you need to be there for a long time before we can do something meaningful. No, like about what you said, more about consistency. Me? You're st- I think he was trying yeah, to the- marry consistency. Yeah, but you know, government is not about being there for 20 years. Listen, we don't need to compare ourselves with Rwanda. You know, we, Ghana is a unique country. We love our freedom. Obviously. We don't like uh, somebody to, to govern us for a longer time and lord over us. You know, you know how we distrusted when Ronnie's. Ronnie's God been Ghana for 20 years. We didn't like it. I, I, didn't, I don't think you like it. But let me come to this point. My point is that you have ignored everything. And I believe if if the powers that be are listening, you should be appointed as a political strategist. You know, all the countries that have developed, they, they, they put a lot of time and, and work and pain into their planning. And that's what you've done for Ghana today. We are a country... Do not. We all only want the shortcut. We want shortcut. We want to do things quickly. I don't understand. Now, even during the budget in other jurisdictions, uh, they seek, they seek, they seek the opinion of 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 of, um, of the technocrats, of common people. They invite people to to, to their legislature and uh, uh, the population. They spend so much time to get the nitty gritties right. No, but we are not doing that. Well, you know, we are not doing that. Let me say one. Let me say one last thing. Let mm-hmm. me say one last thing before I go. Look at look at the road that leads to your your town, uh, the April Road, right? The April. You remember? Yes. Uh, recently, they said some rocks have been falling. Mm-hmm. Now this shows how 
shows how Ghana has 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 degraded how in fact. Before you build a road, you solve all the problems that you believe will cause if any problems that would come up when the road is, is built. So you have to build a retaining wall, retaining wall to protect the road. And these are the things that we should be doing. Like I said, you did it. You are a political strategist, and I believe the point that be should be able to appoint you, hire you, so you can think for the nation. Thank you very much. Uh, the Abri Road was fine, though, but I, you know, technically, I mean, there were people building too close to the edge who should have been stopped, but they were too rich to be stopped, and so they are still building. You know, that's and yeah, and yeah, I mean, I think one day we'll do a show about. I mean, how you can just get up and do whatever it is that you want to do. Honestly, you can just get up and do whatever it is that you had content. We'll do a show on it. Uh, Ajima is on the line. Hello, Ajima. Hello, good evening. Good evening. Yeah, it's a complex topic that you are discussing. Trying to find the economics. Are you there? Hello? Yes, my brother. Yeah, I'm still online. Good, let's go. I think our problem is about continuity. Mm Mm-hmm. It looks as if every party comes on power. Your call has been put on hold. Please sure. wait. I'm sure you got like a touch phone and your, your cheeks are touching the hold button. Hello? Yeah, Rajima, let's go. Yeah, no, no, sorry. Mm-hmm. So the issue is, if a certain party has been given four years or eight years, and there's something that they've talked Your call has been put The issue is, the other party should come and continue. Mm-hmm. But we are thinking of, I did this, I did. Your call has been put on hold. Please. Ajima, Ajima, you're putting me on hold. Hello, Nana, Ajima is putting me on hold. Let me, let me talk to you. <laughs> uh, Bakujo, uh, I'm saying I can't get the economics in the... Nana, in the Nana, Nana. I'm Nana. 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 If I have 10 cities today, mm-hmm. I'm able to buy X number of things. In the next week, I cannot buy the same thing to the 10 cities. You cannot use English to bully me. You can't. You just cannot solve the problem. And you, know you talked about consistency. Consistency is when party A comes and says, oh, this is what party B has done. I'm going to do this to continue. And you get me? Mm-hmm. Consistency is when all politicians, all of us, decide to be truthful to ourselves. Consistency is not when we we deliberately frustrate members of the opposing party. Mm-hmm. Until we stick truth to power, we will continue having this this discussion every Monday. Mm-hmm. This is a country which has compelled its children from studying civics. And religious and moral education and other things. Hmm. How do you expect religious to tell the truth? Because they have to be whipped in line. You know this policy is not good. You know it is not good. You know it's inimical to the people. But because of political expediency, we will tell lies. And everybody, and this is how we govern this country. I'll continue to tell the truth to my children. Amen. But, 
Amen. to that. That's Papa Kojo. Everybody is running to Accra because there's nothing at the rural areas and still nothing being planned for the future. Ghana is gradually becoming a laughing stock among our neighbors. Evans at ICS Accra Campus. Good evening. But something is on the phone. Something. Hello, Nana. Yes, sir. And I praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I have permission to share my opinion. Mm-hmm. Our older men, they should add truth onto their age and the certificate they are holding. It's law, not age. It's law, not certificate. And I God bless you. God bless you too. Zero three zero two two one six five four one. Okay, Stephen is on the line. Hello, Steve. Yeah, no, no. Yes, yeah. sir. I, I, I'm, I'm back again. You know, do, do a little addition. Mm-hmm. It looks as if people, you know, coming back on my consistency issue. Mm-hmm. Because I feel that, see, let's cut across. All nations at the moment who have stood and are standing strong now have a time of consistency mm-hmm. where structures were built for the country to follow. Yeah. And we can mention a billion countries. So if we, we, we don't take our time to set now, building is, 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 is gone, our everything, no, there's no structure that's governing this country. And we never had the time to do this, all the time in the past. So if we don't set our time to get this thing done, we will never get it right. And Nana, there's one more thing. I don't agree that there are no jobs here in this country because now and then I see jobs being advertised all over. Mm-hmm. And some are paying 600, 700. People are not ready to do those jobs. But they are ready to do their jobs when the government says you pay 700. Why is this so? What is the kind of mentality that we have mm-hmm. that makes us think so? I be, I'm sure by now you, you can even offer somebody a job and ready to pay for 500. Check the person's attitude in a week or two and you will know why is it that we think like that in this country. Thank you very much, Anna. Thank you very much, too. Joe is on the line. Hello, Joe. Uh, oh, Nana, good evening. Good evening. Yes, Nana. Um, I think you are right on point. Mm. Um, what I believe is that in this country, we follow poli- politicians before we follow policy. Instead of following policy and making it right, we are following politicians and political parties. So we don't achieve any consistency in policy. We come and sit here and fight NDC and PP instead of fighting how to better a policy. Mm. So how can we get consistency in any policy at all? All our discussions is based on whether who will get the upper hand in this NDC instead of which policy should be um, implemented and which policy we like. So the consistency will be achieved and that is what we actually need. So if we can focus, focus, focus on policy because the politicians will always steal they always do something that's bad. But what we get is the policy that they will implement. So if we follow policy, we will get the consistency. Stop discussing these politicians and political parties. And let's see which policy is good for us. I thank you very much. But are you 40 years old and above? Have you ever experienced any of these symptoms in your body recently? Frequent urination, especially at night, pain in the lower back or in the area between your anus and testicles? Discomfort or pain during or after ejaculation, a burning pain during urination, 
incomplete emptying of the bladder, dribbling and weak stream during urination, then Prostat 60 is your solution. Prostat 60 is 100% natural herbal drug, uniquely formulated, produced from pure herbal extracts. Prostat 60 helps the body to improve urine flow naturally and it's also an immune booster i think that's, that's a plus it's also an immune booster uh Prosta 60 is available in pharmacies over the counter medicine and herbal shops Prostate 60 is approved by the FDA. It's not suitable for pregnant women, lactating mothers, children below 12 years of age. For ball pages, contact Phytotech Limited on 020-99777-33 or 0246-490-116. Moses is on the line. Moses. Yeah, good evening, Anna. Good evening, bro. Sorry for keeping you. Oh, no worries, sir. Yes, yes. Yeah, my contribution to your topic that you brought. Sure. Yeah, to me, in my opinion, uh, what I want to say is um, it's time for all political parties to use national manifesto in doing all their things. Mm-hmm. Yes, individual manifesto will not help Ghana to grow. When they have a national manifesto, when party A comes and starts from one, which number that the party A reached before the other party comes? The other party should start from that place and continue. You see, mm-hmm. if we should have a national manifesto, it will help Ghana will grow. Thank you very much, a national manifesto. We'll probably put some economics back into the budget. Folks, let me welcome back. So let me welcome back home my lovely wife from the UK where she spoke at nine events in three weeks, including a lunch of the Ghana Diaspora Woman in London. Same group was integrated in the Midlands and she was there too. But I think the icing on the cake is where she you know she had two services at the Presbyterian Church in London. She did all the two sermons. Now you know me; I'm a blue blood Presbyterian. Even though uh, by marriage I'm going to Baptist. By marriage I'm going to Baptist, but I am a blue blood Presbyterian. And she, you know, did two services at Trinity Presby Church in London. She also did uh, book sales and signing at seven events in London and Manchester. And Milton Keynes sold a whole number of a book, A Bit of Me. The last event, uh, Intimate Time with Ohiniri Giftianti, was on the 12th November, Tuesday night. Packed room, wonderful conversation. But if you are in Ghana, I'm saying my wife is back. So Ghana will have its own up close with Ohineire Giftianti on 30th November at GDA Studios right here in Kokomlemle, 2 p.m. All you need to be part is to grab a copy of A Bit of Me. If you don't know how to get it, it's 
0584-361-8182. 30th November, 2 p.m. GDA Studios right here at Kokomilimle. We say thank you to all those who hosted my wife in London, made her feel at home like the queen that she is. But today I was looking at the economic side of the budget. I said I've seen so many finance this, finance that, finance, but I don't see traps and policies that make people know that, okay, you know what? We need bauxite engineers. We can't force anybody to be a bauxite engineer, but I'm sure if you put some cherries there or some carrots there and say, listen, if you want to become a bauxite engineer, I'm paying for your school fees. Maybe I'll even take you to Barbados to go and finish off. Some people would go and learn and come back so we benefit from it. Ah, we could look at other countries, maybe a country that's shortage of teachers, come back to Ghana and train teachers and export them there, get a bit of their wages to feed us, train doctors and export them, train nurses and export them. Folks, I'm not seeing those traps in the system. All I'm seeing is we got this loan, we got that loan, we got this loan, we got that loan. And then when it's time to pay, they will come, loot your mineral resources, give it to some Chinese, and that's it. You have nothing to say. So going forward, everybody's talking about consistency. Let's have a plan where we need to go, how we need to go it, and set that trap and move on that direction. So thinking aloud from Edumasa. For one hour I was your finance minister. Now I'm saying that I just need to set a bit more trap to move the human capital towards the development that we want. Because at the moment it seems to be by chance. Go school, choose whatever your heart content and do it and come back and ask me if there's a job for you must direct people to what we want them to do. We must even move it. Maybe for the next three years, we need people in planting for food and jobs. So for 